0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Hi and welcome to You Little Ripper. I'm Kurt Fernley, former Paralympian and on today's show we find out if a human can be perfect. Spoiler alert, it's looking good. It's a thermite right there. (laughs) And if you thought the two interviews were really good from yesterday... Today we find out what's betterer. Absolutely not. I
0: can't. We can't continue. Betterer. Betterer. Kurt firmly, not a word. Way betterer. <laughs> There's already a word. What's better? What <laughs> the way betterer? <laughs> oh goodness me! I'm Georgie Tunney, ABC sports reporter, and I am in denial because we have reached the final day of the Paralympics. The closing ceremonies tonight, I'm not ready for it. You may not be either, but we here at You Little Ripper, as we always are, we're broadcasting from Wurundjeri country. We've got a massive show, the final show for now. Kurt, what was your You Little Ripper moment? (laughs)
1: My OMFG You Little Ripper moment was Madison D. Rosario in the marathon. That was incredible. I, I've raced seventy-two marathons. Uh, we've had Louis Savage has done another, probably fifty. Yeah. That is hands down the best wheelchair marathon that I have ever seen. Granted, I've never seen my, see myself race, but I'm just <laughs> assuming because that was. Maddie just,
0: had you. Maddie had you for yeah. sure. Yeah, she had you. Yeah.
1: It was just so exciting.
0: So it came down. So again, do the maths for me, Kurt. We know we we know I struggle. 42 Ks and it came down to Maddie in a sprint for the finish line and she won by a second.
1: Uh, a, a second, but you know what? The sprint is just the tip of the iceberg. Oh. Uh, uh, Susanna Scaroni, the athlete from America who led and got a break in the 5,000 metres and won by about 300 metres, had a break until about 6 kilometres to go. Wow. And then the chase back that had uh, four athletes, but the the athletes that were doing the most work to chase down Susanna was uh, uh, Manuela Shah and Madison De Rosario they worked their butt off to Mm. catch Susanna. And then on the final hill with about four kilometres to go, they had already passed her and Madison put the hammer down.
0: Is that when you knew? Is that when you thought that she had it?
1: Uh, That's the the moment that she outpushed Manuela. Manuela, I looked at that field and went, Manuela is the best hill climber in that group. And I knew that there was a rise with about four k's to go. And part of my brain was just screaming, please hang on or limit the damage. And we
0: need to put this again into perspective, what Maddie has been able to achieve at this game. So she competed in the 5,000 metres, finished fifth, won the 800 metres, so already got gold in the 800 metres, bronze in the 1500 and now backs it up with gold in the most thrilling marathon finish that we've ever seen on the final day. Uh,
1: against the gold medalist in the 5K, yeah. against the gold medalist in the 1500, oh who, who were both in the same events as Madison. Yeah. And, and she came out today and after that hill, she held about a 5 to 10 metre gap Was tight. on Manuela Shah until the last probably 300, Manuela pushed right up and they got within within a metre of, of Madison. Madison took the final corner perfect. She went from lane one and slowly drifted across into lane two, which took the line of sight out of the finish line of yeah. her competitor, Manuela. It was just the perfect move. You, you're not allowed to go and, and jut to the side and mm-hmm. get in the road, but your line, you want it to just Beat the final little spirit Ugh. in your competitors, and you could tell Manuela was was building up. And as soon as the line leaves her vision, she stops. It was done. Yeah, a- a- and Madison was able to just keep this amazing momentum to to win by a chair length. It was like I said, uh, that was that was the best marathon that I have ever seen. It was played to perfection. It can't be the only You Little Ripper moment. If I keep talking, it will be. Georgie, (laughs) Georgie, what was your You Little Ripper moment?
0: It also happened in the marathon. It was the Marathon T12 and it was my good mate, Jared Clifford. I love this guy. He's one of my favourite Paralympians. I've made it well known. He crossed the line second to win silver in that event and you could just see he gave it again absolutely everything he had. He was running with his guide, Tim Logan. The synchronicity that they have when they run together is unbelievable. Like their arms move at the same time, their legs move at the same pace. And I mean, it's at quite a pace too. But for... That that moment for me when he crossed the line and you just saw him collapse to his knees. Stop the watch. I love how you athletes, you always stop the watch. You find enough energy to do that after you've run 42Ks. But just collapsed over the line and he was so happy with silver as he should be. It, it was remarkable to me.
1: He, he puts everything... Into it yeah. every time. There is no, there is no holding any part of yourself back. Yeah. Uh, to get that silver medal was just incredible. It must have been challenging conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did see Michael Rober in that race as yes. well. Uh, he would cross in sixth place. Yes, uh, and he just ran his legs off as well. But Jared to be a few minutes in front in his second marathon mm-hmm. uh, to, to to get a silver medal to see that that amazing young man. Man fall on the ground and you know that he has nothing at all left to give. Uh I love the bloke. Always yeah. have loved the bloke, mm-hmm. but the efforts he's put in this week just it just seals the deal. Incredible human.
0: Remarkable athlete and also a huge future ahead of him in this Paralympic team.
1: Massive future ahead of him. Uh and we're there for it. A couple of amazing <laughs> you little ripper moments, yeah. but we've got to do the best of the rest. Georgie Tunney, hit us off.
0: I got I mean, how do you go past Dylan Orcott? yesterday. He won gold in his singles match. And then he also called time on his Paralympic career. He was so emotional, made me emotional. I'm sure it made you emotional, <laughs> as we all know. But just the what he means to the Paralympic movement, what he means to people with a disability across the world, not even, not even in Australia. He didn't need to win gold. The gold just really summed up the whole Paralympics for me, that moment.
1: And Curtis McGrath got a gold medal as well. The guy is, uh, we're going to hear it later, but the guy <laughs> might be perfect. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Uh, and another major uh, uh, bronze medal for the Australian team in Taekwondo. Uh, Janine Watson, mm-hmm. our first ever medal a bronze. I think she won the last comp for the bronze medal, 63-2. Bugger all.
0: (laughs) She's so strong and her performance last night, again, so strong. What I love about Janine is that she was diagnosed with MS and they said when you were 40, your life... Will be very different to as you know it, and it may not. You may not have much longer left. She is forty, and she just won a bronze medal at the Paralympic Games.
1: Nailed it. One loss in the entire comp. Uh, incredible human. Uh, if you haven't searched her, kicking the crap out of Riley Bat. Oh yes, that's uh, right. Search it. Yeah, uh, and you're welcome. We also had Michael Roger as sixth, as we mentioned, in the men's marathon. And the Rollers finished fifth over Turkey, 74-58, equaling their fifth place from 2016.
0: I want to give a quick shout-out to the Brazilian five-a-side football team. They won against Argentina, two football powerhouses, as we know. They defeated Argentina, but it was their fifth straight gold. So a quick shout-out to them. I love that sport. I've loved watching it, this Paralympic Games. On the track, James Turner, Jimmy the Jet. He is... A superstar, Silver in the men's 100 metres T36 final. He was a little bit disappointed, but I hope that he isn't for too much longer because... What a race. He is an absolute champion. Bronze for Nicholas Hum in the men's long jump T20 final. He has a new baby girl, Holly. Uh, so that is going to be an excellent toy for her to play with, that bronze
1: medal. <laughs> also the teddy that they get as well. Yeah. Uh, that was a really nice uh, a really nice moment also. And Dion Kenzie with his bronze medal as well as Daniel Bounty got sixth. But uh, another incredible uh, announcement overnight, Ellie Cole, the um, wonderful Ellie Cole, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Uh, being announced as the, uh, the flag. Bearer for the closing ceremony, you couldn't be at a better person, you couldn't get a better representative. The perfect choice, and I will be glued to the commentary tonight because I'm commentating it as well. <laughs> <laughs> you never sleep, Kurt Fairly. Uh, sleep? I, I, I slept once. Yeah. Uh, not, not for me.
0: Yeah, you can't during the games. It's every four years. Yeah. You can sleep after that. Yeah, sleep's
1: tomorrow's problem. <laughs> Now we've got to get to the man of the moment, the, the, the three time Paralympic oh. gold medalist. The guy is perfect. He, he is. is incredible. I, I, there is very little that I think Curtis McGrath can't do.
0: He could do anything.
1: Anything. An amazing man, an amazing comp. Uh, what an incredible result. Curtis McGrath, welcome to you, Little Ripper.
2: Hi, guys. How are you going?
1: Mate, how are you going? That that, that gold medal yesterday, the gold medal the day before, there is so much excitement and love for what you did. How have you pulled up? Yeah, really well.
2: Um, I actually slept probably the best I've slept whilst I've been in the village last night. So uh, it was maybe a a couple of beers might have helped that, but uh, (laughs) I'm really happy with... um, uh, the result and, and, bringing home the two gold. And, you know, I wanted to come here and, and stand on top of the podium twice and to do it with the gold medal one was, was, you know, really awesome.
0: Talk me through the races, Curtis, because you had us worried a couple of times in the qualifying stages, but you just kept cool calm. In, not me. No, actually. I wasn't worried.
1: <laughs> so just shaking his head <laughs> at me. He's
0: like, absolutely not. I yeah, knew. I, I knew from the get-go <laughs> that he was going to be fine. But talk me through those finals because uh, there was a couple of glitches in the heat rounds and then you just, like, were flying.
2: You know, we haven't competed in two years, so uh, a few cobwebs there and, and got all them out of the way on the Thursday and the heats. Uh, And then, you know, Friday executed the right race uh, in in my semi, gave me a lot of confidence there and against one of my main competitors, the Brazilian there. So um, really nice to get that out of the way and then, and then line up on uh, Friday afternoon and and come through and, and execute again uh, a little bit slower, um, but at the same time, you know, exactly what I wanted to do. And, and uh, nailed it, which um, was really good because I've been working a lot on my starts in in the kayak, and and that's something that's really important over two hundred meters. You know, it can make and break your your race,
1: mate. The last, the last, probably one hundred meters, maybe maybe the last seventy five. Absolutely, you, you were able to just power away from your competition in both events. What is it in you that 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 makes you that? The person that has strength in, in in that final little bit when you're seeing the finish line.
2: Well, if you go back and watch my races again, you'll 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 notice my stroke rate's a little bit slower than everyone else's um and that that sort of indicates that i'm not actually a natural sprinter um i'm more of a long distance paddler so 500 000 meters is probably what i'm my body type would be uh better applied to um so when when it comes to the, the you know 200 meters you really want to nail that start and that's why i spent so much time on it because it was one of my weakest areas and i've always had a really good finish um uh, and it's come through in my racing and i've been very lucky so uh, you know, I my V1 yesterday uh, was a really good display of, of why uh, the race plan is really important, especially with my style. Um, you see most of the other paddlers had really high stroke rates and uh, stayed on one side. I swapped sides in my V1, uh, it's, you know, 0.5 of a second s- slower in terms of boat speed, but um, my fatigue is less and that allows me to power through and, and put the hammer down when it comes to the end of the race.
0: Have you had a chance to talk to Rach yet, Curtis? And what's what's her reaction been? Because we've seen on the broadcast that she's, your, your whole family has just been watching very, very closely, as have Kurt and I.
1: Uh, of course. I want to know whether the party stopped at home. That's the question.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I have spoken to everyone. I just actually called my parents just before to say, wish them happy, uh, happy Father's Day uh, to Dad. Um, but also, you know, chatting to Rach and, and she's, you know, on cloud nine and, and always sharing the love and support with me and it's it's great to have um have them in my corner and you know beyond that as well my friends um and, and the extended family and uh it's, it's been a, a magnificent you know way to connect you know the the beautiful thing about the internet is we're always connected and um you know we've felt that definitely here in Australia with uh you know you guys you know t- tapping in um and and also with the the coverage with 7 so it's been yeah, really cool
1: Mate, you're the perfect guy. You've already made wow. the Father's Day call. I, I, I got out of bed. I watched a bit of telly. I've had a few croissants and <laughs> you, you all won gold medals. You've got to hang over and, and call them for Father's Day. You, 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 my mum my is correct. She said that that Curtis McGrath, he's got a real Superman vibe going on. He's just yeah. can you so confirm, amazing. Can
0: you confirm, Curtis, is your real name Clark Kent?
2: <laughs> um let's have a look no no no, no, no there's nothing no, under my I mean, sh-
0: you
2: know, that's the Australian Superman outfit so I'm, I'm you know I'm super pumped with my results and you know I just I'm glad that I could you know bring home a couple of gold for Australia and and contribute to the this, such an amazing team and, and an amazing country that supported me to, to achieve my goals.
1: Mate you uh It would have been a a pretty tough last 12 months, Uh, you know, holding on from that four-year period, pushing it out as defending champion, as world champion, pushing it out that last 12 uh, to get here in 2021. How do you reflect on that now that you've got those two medals under your belt?
2: Yeah, there was a like you said a little bit of added pressure coming from um, Rio as, as a defending gold medalist and, and trying to back that up. And you know, as I said before about you know working on my my slight weaknesses in my race and, and executing that. Um, all correctly and you know I can put it down to my team and everyone that supported me and, and even my Olympic teammates that I did a lot of training with they've been instrumental in, in pushing me and driving me and, and having someone there for me to chase and someone there for them to push to. and I'm um, super grateful for that but you know just despite you know the COVID situation it's sort of been a blessing and a curse in its own right it's given me the time to you know fix those weaknesses but also um, I've picked up, you know, a little bit of an injury on my arm. That's sort of it's just a niggle. It's just been there all the time, and um, I've, you know, had a lot of physio, and the physios get me together, and Kate's done a great job there. So, yeah, at the same time, we're pushing towards um, you know, what we achieved in the last couple of days, and um, I'm just grateful that that's what's what's occurred.
1: Curtis, you've had an amazing journey so far in the Paralympic team. Of three. Perfect gold medals. (laughs) You've served for Australia and the armed forces. Uh, But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is your toughest challenge yet.
2: Fast Five.
1: All right, mate, what do you wish you had in the village but you can't get?
2: Cheeseburger. Strong.
1: Strong.
0: Strong. What's your superstition?
2: Uh, I don't have a shave before my races, like the day before the night of.
0: Yeah. Why? Where did that come from?
2: Mm, I, I don't know. I just, it, it's worked <laughs> for me so far and I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> mate, for
1: sure. I, I don't care what you do from now on in. If it's important, you just hold that shave off for 72 hours. Yeah. Uh, and, mate, mate, what is your all-time favourite Paralympic moment?
2: You know well, I, I think it happened today in Maddie Di Rosario um, winning the marathon. That was amazing. Uh, so I pushed all the way. And um, for her to come through, and, and you know, she had an amazing interview after it, and um, I'm f- amazed by her uh, efforts and and um, you know determination uh, in such a a difficult event. So yeah, Maddie's um, Maddie's goal was was pretty up there. Friend of the pod,
0: friend of the pod, area. Yeah. Yep, yep. We might get her on this episode as well, Curtis. So you'll be sharing, <laughs> sharing your episode with Maddie. So I'm glad that she is part of your Paralympic folklore. Uh, who's your favourite teammate?
2: My favourite teammate, my roommate, uh, you know Dylan Littlehouse, He's uh, he's had a bit of a tough games fourth. Um, he threw a little bit of a tantrum in the in the uh, the, the Aussie room after <laughs> his his event and broke his sunnies. Then built them back together and he's always got a smile on his face regardless of that and always a bit of a prankster and a jokester and um you know a lot of people <laughs> don't see him the same way I do and he's just an all-around good guy and always there to help he actually loaded half of the olympic uh teams uh boats into the, the container to head back to australia so he's he's a you know outstanding man
1: mate if you weren't the amazing kayaker canoeist uh for the Australian paralympic team what event would you be in
2: I've been looking at that, that five-a-side soccer, the blind soccer, that looks awesome, but I think I'd have to go with something that I really enjoy and I reckon it'd be the triathlon. As hard as that looks, it's, you know, double of everything. Um it's outside, it's in the elements. It's yeah, there's a lot of different technical and complex sort of movements and transitions. It's a, a really exciting race and you know, that even actually going back to my favorite moment is, is also lauren parker's uh, silver medal and just that you know, that heartbreak but that effort and that you know it's an amazing event to watch
1: mate i am uh i'm so proud of you i'm so happy for you 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 nailed this comp uh your career just now so incredibly impressive and like i said and and I truly don't think there are there are too many people who have done for Australia as as you have. It's it's incredible, mate. Uh, enjoy the separate celebrations. Enjoy getting home and and taking a minute. And thanks for joining
2: us on you, little Ripper. No, thank you. It's my pleasure to represent Australia and have a chat. So thank you. <music>
1: Now we're speaking to a fan favourite. Fan
0: favourite, fan hero.
1: More contact, more people reached out to talk to this man than any other. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has hit the, the the radar of the Australian pub, public and I have to be talking about our competitor in the boccia, the incredible bronze medalist, the second Woo. medalist that we have ever got in the sport, Dan Michelle. Welcome to you, Little Ripper.
3: Wow, well, thank you so much. And thanks for that amazing
1: introduction. It's awesome to be here. Mate, honestly, you, you, everyone has just joined in on this ride to, to get our second medal for Australia in the sport of Boccia. Uh, we've been seeing you across seven all week. Everyone's uh, talking about it. Have you had a moment to reflect on where your journey and the sport of Boccia's journey has come in a Australian Paralympic story?
3: Yeah, honestly, it's been a, a really wild ride. It's been an incredible, um, I don't even know how long it's been, a week or so, uh, over here in Tokyo, a couple of weeks it's been now. Um, honestly, it's it's just been incredible, the, the amount of support I've had uh, from people you know, I know and even people I don't know back home in Australia. It's just been amazing to see Botcher kind of come to the fore in the, um, I guess, the public discourse. And, um, yeah, it's been so cool, I guess, the reflection um you know, it's been it's been a, a tough, tough, tough competition. A lot of days of competing. So I'm uh, pretty tired. But um yeah, we've definitely had some time to look back and just uh yeah, really appreciate what we've been able to do and um be you know just be really grateful for my position and what I've been able to do in the sport and the people around me have helped me to achieve the success I have. And I'm just so excited for Bocho to to finally kind of um be you know spoken about and um and and be watched by so many people it's really awesome to see.
0: Dan take us back when did you fall in love with botcher?
3: So I first started playing botcher in 2011 um I was I was at a camp for people with uh muscular dystrophy type disabilities and um I would never previously played a sport that I was able to actually um, play competitively um, due to my disability. So, uh, on this day, um, some coaches from Botany, New South Wales, came out and uh, and demonstrated the sport. Um, and I you know, initially I just assumed it would be another sport that I wouldn't be able to do um, because I'd seen so many, you know, supposedly for people with disabilities, but I wasn't able to do any of them. Um, so I assumed the same thing. But I, I, for some reason, something inside me told me that. To, Told me to go along and have a look and have a go. And I'm so lucky and so grateful that I did that because, um, I quickly realized it was a sport that I could play and and not only a sport I could play, but one that was actually designed for people just like me and one that I was able to kind of take to the top level if I wanted to, because that was important to me as well. So I guess once I started playing it a little bit recreationally, um, I started to really appreciate the tactics and the strategy involved in the game and, and just how detailed it is. And, um, And, you know, over time, it just, it became a real passion of mine to try and become the best that I could be in this game. So it kind of uh, grew organically over the years. And, um, yeah, definitely after this Tokyo experience, the fires in the belly even more than ever now to, to try and upgrade that medal in Paris.
0: Well, mission accomplished. You put Botcher on the map and Kurt's right. We have had so much audience feedback about Botcher, about you and your success over in Tokyo here at the podcast. Everyone is talking about your sport, talking about you. What makes you so good at Botcher? Uh,
3: well, look, I think there's a number of skill sets that I kind of have that just have, you know, been perfect for the sports So. you know, I've got quite an analytical mind and a good memory. And I think those two things uh, go hand in hand with a good BC3 watcher player. So, yeah, the ability to remember exactly what the balls are doing on different days and uh, across different climates and different courts and stuff like that is really important um, aspect of the game. And I'm I'm, I'm lucky enough to have that kind of naturally, which is really good. But also the spatial awareness and um, I guess the – the strategic kind of side of the game you know i've always i've really enjoyed playing chess and there's so many aspects of chess in the game and watch out. so um i think i've had that kind of strategic um you know uh part of my brain that works quite well too so just a few different things inherently but also i guess over the years just um accumulating the different skills and i've been playing the game for quite a while now and it's all just translated into um yeah this performance here in tokyo
1: Dan, you, you, you got on that podium, the, the bronze medal with you and Ash McClure, your, your ramp assistant. Um, can you talk me through that moment while you're there getting the medal uh, around your neck? Yeah, definitely. It was such an emotional
3: experience. Um, honestly, I... I, I... I broke into tears when I was up on the podium. Um, I tried to hold myself together, but it was such an uh, overwhelming experience to be there and to to have a, me- a Paralympic medal around my neck. And with, with Ashley, you know, my assistant and I've had since 2013, we've worked together for so many years and put so many hours in on the court, um, you know, on and off the court. But we're such great mates, um, best friends. And, you know, it's just so special to do it with someone um, that you have such a strong connection with. So, uh, it was just an amazing moment. I guess the weight of all the of the years of, um, you know, Australian botcher not really having success internationally kind of had built up to that moment, and um and yeah, to be the person on the podium, kind of holding the flag for Australian botcher, um it was extremely um emotionally overwhelming for sure.
1: Mate, you also had another team there, uh, uh, or a teams event there with Jemison Leeson, and you also had a, another competitor, Spencer Cotty. Uh, how do you see the movement right now
3: uh, in the future of botcher? Well, it's honestly going from strength to strength uh, internationally and also back home in Australia. So, well, I guess I hope that this kind of um, this little bit of success that we've had now can kind of just spur it on even more, um, get more people playing the game, more people involved in the game. But at the same time, you know, myself, Jamison and Spencer, we've been um, such an amazing team together. And those two guys all, uh, are so passionate about the game as well and have so much potential to be fantastic players in their own right. And, um, you know, I'm, I was really honored to, honored to share the court with them in the Pairs event. Um, you know, we, we came so close to make yeah, maybe make it into another medal match with the Pairs, just couldn't quite get across the line but um yeah we've got so many good things coming uh down the pipeline for sure and uh with those two guys by my side i know australian botch is in a really good good spot
1: well, what about the, for someone listening right now, how do they play a part in spreading the word of boccia, of getting more people involved? Are we talking community clubs? Are we talking, uh, are we talking Australian Paralympics? Are we talking about uh, schools? Like, where is a tangible uh, uh, pathway for anyone who's listening now to, to assist in the growth of boccia in Australia?
3: Yeah, definitely. I guess, you know, there'd be so many people out there I know, just like me, uh, young kids who assume that um, because of their disability, that sport just will never be an option for them. And I guess kind of the main thing that I've really wanted to do with my Boccia career, aside from, you know, my own personal success is to to really, um, I guess, make it easier for people like me, the kid that I was, to to find a sport that they can play. Um, So... You know, when, when I was a young kid, I'd never heard of the sport of botcher, and, and most people are the same. So I think that's a really good starting place is to have um, the discussion about botcher far more public and far more uh, well-known. You know, there's just still... Uh, and I really hope that this, obviously, this Tokyo experience will help to do that. But uh, moving forward, it needs to be, uh, I guess, more mainstream. And, and I guess the societal expectations of people with uh, severe disabilities need to shift furthermore as well into... The acceptance that you know sport is an option for everyone, not just for not just for uh, able-bodied people or people you know with with minor disabilities, but actually everyone can play a sport, and there's a sport out there for everyone. So kind of that knowledge and that um, you know the, the recognition of that from the broader public will, will help a lot. And then more tangibly, of course, um, the more the more clubs, the more opportunities for people to play watcher um, at you know, at a low cost and in um, you know, easy fashion close to home uh, all of those things go a long way as well into improving you know the, the participation numbers and and also the obviously how that transpires into the high performance level
1: this is the challenge of the the interview it's called
2: fast five
1: <laughs> Dan what do you wish you had in the village but you can't get?
3: Oh gosh! I wish I could get some. Oh, this is going to be super controversial. I wish I could get some good food. That's for sure. We've uh, <laughs> it's done it's a great job, but it's been it's been a rough trot. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> Don't worry,
0: Dan. You're not the first to come to us with this, so with, it's okay.
3: We've had cheeseburgers,
1: pizzas, nuggets, sushi, beer, beer. Yeah, yeah. People have wanted
0: wanted a lot of the food. Dan, what's your superstition? Do you have any?
3: Uh, I don't, but I might have one now because um, on the day before my bronze medal match, I injured my um, I injured my toe getting my shoe off, and I couldn't put my shoe on the next day. So I ended up on the court with one shoe and and one uh, sock uh so and i won that match and yeah going forward i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go back to two shoes uh, we'll
0: yeah to keep see. that keep that yeah no no two <laughs> shoes for you one shoe one <laughs>
3: that's, that's mandated
1: mandated from here <laughs> on in australia got too much joy out of that match that's right you've got to be shoeless at least one shoeless for the good of the country
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mate what is your what is your favorite paralympic moment Oh, uh, there's so many. Uh, there are so many. I think one of the major ones for me was um, in, in Rio 2016. The opening ceremony was huge for me to be involved in. I loved that. But also I was, I was courtside for the Rugby Rugby final. And um, and to see that match go into double overtime and the Australian uh, Steelers to get up in that game, it was a really inspiring moment for me and really kind of um, drove me to want to be better and want to, yeah, want to experience a moment like that in the future as well.
1: Look, mate, I would like to be the bigger man, but it's pretty obvious of you little rippy audiences that I'm not. <laughs> guess what? I. You, you made a choice then, Dan, because I was competing at the exact same time
3: that <laughs> 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 you, you chose Riley
1: Pat. Look, there could fair. be in two places at once. If I could yeah. have been, how would
3: have been the moment to do it for sure. <laughs>
0: There's no need to say that, Dan. You own that you prefer Riley Bat rather than Kurt Fernley. You own that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't hold it against him. The fellas, he's adorable. How do you compete against Riley Bloody Bat?
0: <laughs> Who is your favourite teammate?
3: Uh, I don't know. I, I, really, I Honestly, I really um, appreciate and, and love Dani Dottore, what she's done to the pound big movement in Australia. She's an absolute legend and um, someone I really aspire to be like as well. Um, the way she's carried the flag and, and really promoted the Paralympic movement in Australia and um, promoted kind of probably what I reckon is the best 10 culture you know, that I've ever witnessed. So, um, yeah, I'd have to give massive props to her.
1: Yeah, legend. Good friend, choice. friend of the pod. Um, May if you weren't the bronze medalist, our second second medalist in boccia of all time, I hear you're a bit of a chess player. You have thrown that out there. But what other sport would you like to take place? Mine was pole vaulting.
3: Um <laughs> Me. Wow! Uh, uh, I wouldn't be great at it, but that was my. <laughs> <point>. <laughs> um, well, I'm a massive fan of um of American football, NFL. Um, I'm a, a huge fan. I That's watch true. hours Who's and hours of, um during the during the season. So I would love to play quarterback for sure for a football team. That would be awesome.
0: Who's your team? Who's your team, Dan?
3: Um, so I was following the Rams, um, but now our quarterback moved to the Lions. So I'm kind of um I'm kind of following both this year.
0: Okay, not bad, not bad. The correct answer, though, uh, were the Broncos.
3: New York so, Giants. unfortunately, Wait,
0: no. What is the Broncos? That's the Giants. How dare you? you? <laughs> I don't know
1: what you're even talking about, Georgie. <laughs> uh, uh, Dan, thank you. You're a legend, mate. I love that bronze medal. Thanks for sharing it with all of Australia. Thanks for all the work you do to make sure that Botcher continues to grow in the country. I'm proud of you. Love your work. Congratulations. So happy for you. And from this pod to you, good luck with what's
3: next. And we can't wait to see you on the in the green and gold again. Awesome! Thanks so much, guys. So great to be here with you guys. It's been been an amazing ride.
1: Well, we couldn't finish this show without touching base with the "you little ripper" moment, mine of the entire comp. <laughs> Madison De Rosario, the first. Woman in a wheelchair to win the marathon at the Paralympic Games. You, bloody ripper, legend, how are you feeling?
4: <laughs> Good. I, you know, I didn't even realise it was the first woman in the world to win, to win the marathon. So I'm seeing everything after this. So that's, yeah, it's unexpected. I definitely did not expect this result going in. I was hoping for a strong race in the rain and maybe a podium finish. So, yeah, to come away with this is is amazing. And to kind of go silver and gold with Manuela is the best possible thing. When did you
0: know that you were going to win gold? What was the moment? What part of that last straight were you comfortable that you had it?
4: Oh, like maybe the last two meters if I'm being really generous. (laughs) Like the very end, like when I felt the rhythm like on my face kind of like end of the race so no, i definitely thought she was gonna catch me that was the longest 500 meters of my career and i could hear the commentary and i could hear our australian guys in the stands telling me she was catching me but it was a it was a stressful last lap and i, I definitely didn't believe it until, until i actually crossed the line
1: mate climbing that hill uh with about four kilometers to go when you started to gap manuela what's gone through your mind then
4: I think I knew if I could create that gap, I could maybe hold it. Manuela gets down a hill really well. She, she crests hills really well, and she gets down them really well. So that's always a big concern going into races with her. So you don't have to just beat her to the top. You have to have quite a bit of, a bit of gap on her. And so I, w- I was relieved. I was able to do it. I, I didn't think I had that much left, but apparently it was enough. So, yeah, to get that gap with, with a bit of a, you know, have much to go and hold it, yeah, no, I was,
0: yeah, happy with that. There's a photo that's going viral, Maddie, of you embracing your wonder coach in Louise Savage after the race. What was what was that moment like,
4: and what did you say to each other? Oh, I don't. I came out. It took a little while to get through to the next zone. Louise was was already crying, which makes me really emotional yeah. always. Um, but <laughs> this is the one we wanted for a really long time. The marathon, I think, is. It's not been my most consistent event by any means, and it's not always my best event, but it's definitely my favorite, and it's the one that makes me fall in love with wheelchair racing all over again every single time I do it. So to be able to come home with win this on the last day of the Paralympics is, yeah, we couldn't have asked for for a better day.
1: Mate, you've given, you've given so many people a lot of joy in uh, seeing your journey over the last week and a half. It's been incredible. Uh, I understand you've got a massive program coming out of these games. Where are you racing next?
4: Um, I'm going to do my two weeks quarantine back in Australia, and then two days later, I'll be on a plane with Jake Lappin to, to Berlin. We'll both race Berlin and London, maybe Chicago. Um, but, yeah, we'll focus on marathons for a little bit, and then next year we've got Commonwealth Games and the World Championships. How do you celebrate? <laughs> I was like, even thought That's that far 2.30 this morning just loving life, and I haven't really thought past this yet, so we'll see how it goes.
1: There's a lot of stress leading up to these games. What are you feeling now? Are you overjoyed? Are you emotional? Or is it relief?
4: I think, it, you know, this is my first game and my first, wins where it hasn't been just relief like there is a lot of relief happening right now for sure but i think this is the first time i agree that it's mixed is just it's just it's nice it, it's such a good feeling and i think even though we haven't had anybody in the stands our australian team has been so close here i think everyone's been so on top of everybody's results and and because we've spent so much time apart physically everyone's been so involved with what everyone has been doing in the lead up so i think Every teammate in you know, athletics, or part of athletics, it's all really been moving together, which is so nice. So it's kind of been, we really are, I think, sharing it all together, which doesn't always happen and definitely doesn't always happen in individual sports. So, yeah, no, these games have been, have been really different, but really, really special.
0: How great is Madison? Oh, my goodness. Straight off the podium. I, I, I can't stress that enough. That is unreal to me. I just saw her on TV at the top of the podium, and then she's talking to us. I know. Still with the gold medal. Kurt, this has been such a wonderful opportunity to work with you and to get to really dive into the Paralympic Games, dive into the movement and learn so much more and just meet the athletes. I mean, just to, not to, you know, brag, but I'm going to (laughs) brag. We got so many wonderful people on on the podcast. We had such great opportunities to talk to them and get to know more about them. And for me, you little ripper, it has just been an absolute pleasure.
1: It's been amazing. It really has. Uh, to help share the stories of these incredible humans, our uh, our representatives over this period of time. Thank you, but also thank you to every single listener out there. Yes. Thank you for the feedback that you've given. Thank you for sharing uh, the stories of our Australian Paralympians on social media. Thank you for getting on and rating this podcast up really high. I hope that we get to do this again. I'm sure we will get to do this again. Yes. And so make sure you don't unsubscribe. Keep subscribing. <laughs> Because we want to grow this. So we make sure that there is a platform for people with disabilities participating in sport that is celebrating every part of it.
0: And remember, as Kurt has told us, you aren't a Paralympic fan for two weeks. You're a Paralympic fan forever. So make sure you are supporting these athletes. It doesn't stop once that closing ceremony is finished. Tonight, I have been Georgie Tunney.
1: I've been mostly Kurt Fernley. And
0: this has been...
1: You You Little
0: Little Ripper!